welcome to a podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and we're not actually going to be diving that deep into anything this week. Um, we are both on vacation, myself and Nick, and uh, so instead of your regular scheduled episode, throughout this week, we are putting out all of our Patreon bonus content into, uh, we're compiling them into single episodes. We'll have a couple random reviews episodes and a couple pilot projections episodes throughout the week. Um, Every day there should be a new episode, so you can go back and listen to some of the things we did on Patreon now that the Patreon is closed. Um, So stay tuned, take a listen. They're just going to run back to back to back, and then there will be another one tomorrow with, um, you know, different episodes that we did. So take a listen. If you like what you hear, there will be more in a day or so. Stay classy. Welcome to a podcast about something's Patreon, Patreon exclusive. exclusive. Once a month, we review a random movie released in that month between 1975 and 2015. All right, as you heard in the intro, this is a new Patreon exclusive series called Random Reviews. <laughs> basically uh well not basically what we did is we took every movie listed on imdb released between 1975 and 2015 we put them all together we sorted them by release date and then split them up by the month that they released in theaters uh, we filtered out anything with an imdb score lower than 4.0 i want to say 4.0 which is a pretty low threshold, but still. Yeah, it's a very low one. threshold. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to get any one rated. And then um, anything over 150 minutes, I think I tried to filter out. There, We left in some uh, some longer ones, like things like Lord of the Rings I would leave in. That, you know, ones I wouldn't mind rewatching, but like Case of Benjamin Button, that shit got out right away. Definitely. Um, kind of a something you don't want to rewatch. And mm-hmm. at the same time... Even with cutting stuff out, that file was huge. There was like 7,000 choices or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's there's a lot. So we broke it up by month. And so what we're going to do is each month we're going to pick a number at random and go into that month's spreadsheet and find what number that corresponds with. Which is so, fun as hell. Yeah, that's, that's the only way I could think of doing like random movie reviews is you just completely randomize it. Uh, and, and the other thing about cutting ones over 150 minutes, I didn't want to get one of those 4.0 movies. That's 190 minutes long. Mm-hmm. We'd have been, we'd have been choosing that one and then gone. All right, no, we can't do that. I'll give you $5 not to pick that. Yeah. We'd have, we'd have been finding all kinds of ways out of that. Uh, Definitely. so for March, our first movie was the great <laughs> Hellraiser four bloodline bloodline Hellraiser 1996. Four. What a great year. And uh, at the end of this episode, we'll be picking uh, April's movie at random. So you'll get a no- new one next month. Uh, and it, it's, it's, we don't really have a schedule for it. Just whenever we both watch it and feel like recording the episode, we'll record it. And that's when it'll go up. But it'll be sometime within the month that that movie released. Yeah, so stick around, guys. It'll be fun. Hellraiser Bloodline. Oh, dude. <laughs> this was a uh, so I haven't seen any of the Hellraiser movies. I knew I knew Pinhead existed, but yes. no idea. I, and like I knew there was like something about a puzzle box. Other than that, 
I had no nothing. idea. Yeah, nothing. I mean, this plot was so confusing. Um, well, I kind of liked this being the entry point because it was super confusing, but they also tried to explain everything. I don't think they, they did, did a good job of explaining it, but they tried to explain everything. They did their damnedest to explain yeah. everything, so you would at least minimally understand it. Um, but, I mean, I will say I had a couple favorite parts of that movie, <laughs> um, but it opened with good music. That should, was pretty good. a synopsis? Let's give a synopsis. So basically we start out in 21, 27, sometime 100 or so years in the future. Yeah? Yeah. I don't remember what year it was, but it was in the 2100s. And uh, there's some guy on a space... 2127. 2127, that's what it was. Nice. He's on a space Um, station of some sort. on a space station of some sort. And then we flash back to the 1700s, because I think they say they're in the 18th century. Yes, but don't forget, he is a skinhead monk... With mm-hmm. a Terminator-like robot. Yeah, he's got so, the robot that's trying to open the puzzle box. Keep that in context. And yep, then, yes, you go way back in time. Go way back. And this is when the puzzle box, the, the pinhead puzzle box was invented, apparently. was in the 1700s by the toy maker. Said toy maker. Um, and... Then for some reason Adam Scott is there with a weird <laughs> yeah. ponytail. That was trying my favorite to stop part. Him. I love Adam Scott, man. He's I love so Ben funny. Wyatt. I love his his uh, character in Party Down. Are we having fun yet? Like I love Adam Step Scott. Step Brothers. He's great in Step Brothers. Uh, he was in Boy Meets World. Love Adam Scott. Really weird to see him in this movie. Super weird because but, everyone has that like English accent, and he's yeah. just like I'm Adam Scott. <laughs> really fits with his career arc in 1996, though I think. Definitely. Uh, he plays Jacques, a Frenchman. Jacques, who, who speaks perfect English. Yeah, who helps uh, release the demon, the lady demon, Angelique. Who's a hottie. And, and then they, they, you know, they kill the original toy maker and live, and then we, we revisit them in 1996? Yes. Does that sound right? That sounds about right. And uh, what transpires is very interesting. Yeah, no, take it from there. Basically, the original toy maker's descendants over the years. His bloodline, if you will. Yes, his bloodline, if you will. Um, shout out to whoever came up with that title. <laughs> they use the word bloodline a lot. Have you ever watched yes. uh, CinemaSins videos? Mm-mm. CinemaSins is fantastic. Uh, they do a series of videos called Everything Wrong With dot dot dot, like whatever movie they're doing. And they just nitpick movies. I would have so over much fun with that. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. But one of their sins that they – because they do like cliches and things like that. So one of their sins that they always do is if somebody says the name of the movie in times. the movie, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a roll credit scene. You just roll credits, ding. And so like they said Bloodline like 15 times. So I, like he would have had a, a field day with this one. Oh, yeah. And I mean – so his Bloodline is an yeah, architect. Um, yep. Yeah. So yeah, as a bloodline member of the bloodline, um, he's an architect. <laughs> he's basically trying all, to build like a. These are all played by the same box. actor too. Yes, who's not good. Not good. Not I wish good it would have been Adam all. Scott. Exactly, that would have been way better. And I mean, he's this actor like someone slaps him in the face, pauses, and then he's like, "Oh no, ah!" Like he's he goes just, hard in the sex scene though with Angelique. Who wouldn't, buddy? I mean. <laughs> She was looking good. She I was, was hoping we would okay. get that. I was hoping we would get that scene, and it it came. I mean, she's a demon, but that's okay. She had a nice so, rack. Exactly. So basically, the demons are trying to open hell, the gate to hell, so Pinhead can come through, and I think start the apocalypse. Yeah, they want it open permanent, so the 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 uh, the puzzle box could only be open like for a brief time. 
they want to open it forever. Yes. And he's got like a, a hell dog with him. That hellhound was really cool, actually. Yeah. For that, uh, you know, it had such a great 90s feel in that sense. And that, that hellhound really contributed to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's an architect and he basically builds a building that it would be a permanent puzzle box. Yeah. Like refracts light. Or some crazy mirrors and lights, yeah. They fall into the old trap of trying to science it up too much. Yeah. And that didn't benefit from that. Like, they could have just shown him building the building and then it, like, doing the puzzle box type stuff. Like, they don't have to explain mirrors and shit. That was a long-ass movie, too. It was like an hour and a half. (laughs) In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a very long movie, but it felt really long. Super long, Because it was not a good movie. No, it wasn't. It had its moments. This is not one that we would have picked if it was over 150 minutes long, that's for damn sure. Hell no. He eventually dies, but he had had a son already, so the bloodline continued. And as he's dying, they trap trap Pinhead back in the puzzle box, right? Basically. And then we go back to um, the space station in 2127 to basically have 20 minutes of an alien movie. Yeah, dude, I didn't Which, understand that. Well, I was like, going okay. into it, I thought it was going to be an alien movie. I was like, all right, all these well, all these people are coming in. The, exactly, the space, the the space force is coming in, uh, and and Pinhead has been released. Like, he got the puzzle box open before Space Force came in, so Hellraiser's just going to be going crazy. And it's going to be like Doom. All, yeah, he's going to he's going to be picking off these people on the space station. But that I mean it happened, but that I thought that was going to be the whole movie, and then they went back to the 1700s and then the 90s, and well, this was just all over the place. It was trippy as all hell, that's for sure. And I mean, it honestly didn't bring the gore like I thought it would. There were some scenes that were just like, Ugh. yeah, not really. But it wasn't crazy violent like Freddy Krueger and you know Jason and Halloween and no, all that stuff. Like it just so wasn't. the worst thing that they. They turned it kind of like this was almost a predecessor to the Saw torture porn. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't straight up stabbings and things like that. But they took, I wasn't, I was working while I was watching, so I wasn't paying, you know, a hundred percent attention. Sorry, fans. Uh, but like they took these two security guards in the nineties <laughs> yeah. and molded their heads together around some cylinder of some sort. Yeah. So like, and then they like peeled the skin off of them. So like, it was it was more that it was more like CGI shock effects of like, yeah. how how can we fuck these people up with CGI? Yeah, and I mean like he used hooks with chains, and they straight up ripped this dude's face off. Yeah, and it was just like holy shit. And there's a couple moments like that where you're just like, oh my god, like. I'm going to go back to Adam Scott whenever he's playing Ooh. Jacques in the in like the future. Yeah. <laughs> and I love when yeah, the demon lady, up. you know, he's talking shit to the demon lady and she basically comes out of nowhere with these it claws. He says, gah, 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 you know, scratches yeah. his face and then straight up rips his heart out of his chest. <laughs> and that's the end of Adam Scott. Yeah, it, was, it was rough for Jacques there for a few minutes. Well, I mean, I'm sitting there just my mouth open like, oh, my God. Well, I thought Adam Scott was going to be in the whole movie. I'm like, I'm saying, Adam Scott. I'm <laughs> saying. of course, I mean, it's 1996. The only thing he had done really before that was Griff Hawkins and Boy Meets World. So eh, maybe not. He, he had to go. But yeah. I, I just I loved like the she's barely scratching him. He's ah, ah, stop. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he was, my he was God. overacting a bit it's so hard, man. And then it, it reminded me of uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> just when he rips the dude's heart oh, out of yeah, his yeah. chest. My, my favorite scene of Dumb and Dumber, if you guys have listened to wow. our uh, Jim Carrey movie superlatives, you'll know what we're talking about. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it 
this movie just went in so many crazy directions mm-hmm. that I didn't expect, but kind of in the best way. Yes, and which was cool. I mean, it was it was it super over the top. Things up. Yeah, you didn't have to be fully engaged. And like I said, I was working while it was on. I still feel like I understood the whole movie. Yes. And like I, I caught all the the stuff I was supposed to catch, but like it was it was entertaining for what it was. I would say. Definitely, I w- I would never watch it again willingly. Um, but no. I'm glad I did watch it because I mean they honestly I liked the opening music. There was times it had that shock factor, not gore wise, but it's just like you know what the hell space yeah. cop adventure, annihilation, apocalypse, what the hell. But it did also have some really good lines. One in particular. Um, when Pinhead's talking about what he is, and he's basically like, I'm the personification of pain. Suffering is the coin of the realm. And it's like, damn, that dude sounds so nasty right there, but that was the most like, intimidating thing ever. I would just smack all those needles out of his face. It's like, you like that, bitch? Da, da, da. Yeah, and so we forgot the best part. Hit me. The space station is actually a giant puzzle box in yeah! space that locks Pinhead in forevermore, except I think they made a fifth Pinhead movie. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, when yeah. they hit that, when it all starts folding up, it's like, so that's what that big thing did. So I kind of saw that coming. That was a little bit telegraphed when they were in the, the building that 1996 Merchant built. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, this space station he's on. Like, when he's talking about mirrors and when they extra science it up, I was like, oh, that space station, like, they're definitely using mirrors in the sun to reflect and make the puzzle box there. But then I was like, well, but he was trying to open the puzzle box and release Pinhead, so why did he open the puzzle box if he wants to lock Pinhead in? So it kind of threw me off a little bit, too, because, like, the dude on the space station is trying to get Pinhead out for some reason. I think ultimately he's Just trying to trap to, him again. Exactly. Like I think because the toy box, the original one, can basically summon him and anybody can use it by accident. I think his plan was basically to trap him and then destroy the box. So well, right, because they yeah know. they set the self destruct as he's leaving mm-hmm. in the escape pod. Yeah, use the hologram. They make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The boot is 1996 hologram I've ever seen, but. You know, I mean, overall, his scheme, I suppose, works. But I Why really... couldn't he just leave the original puzzle box on the space, like, without opening it, on the space station, and then have the space station also puzzle box and blow up? That'd be too easy. I guess. Too it's easy. movie. Yeah, I mean, it is Hellraiser 4. They had to really bring it this time. That's true. Hellraiser in space. Like, you gotta, you gotta have some space Hellraiser going on. You, know, you gotta I raise see... Hell in space. Dang. Hell doesn't, you know, it's not contained to the earth for this movie but uh, i'm i'm curious because i wonder if it came out the same year as uh jason x where he's in no space. jason x was way later i want to say i want to i gotta find out i'm trying to look for the tagline of this movie because if it's not we raise hell in space then uh, what the hell are you doing with your life i am uh, eager to hear that taglines gonna... this year the past the present and the future will all meet at the crossroads of hell Nah, mine's better. In space. Let's raise some hell in space. And they have great guns there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a lot went into the uh, the CGI work of the, uh, or the props, I guess, of the Space Force weapons. 
No, and I mean their budget had to have been like twelve bucks because they used the same actor through generations, like no aging, no nothing. Like oh, it's can bloodlines. No, bro. we'll just make it, we'll just make him thirty and and everything and look exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, exactly, that's fine. perfect descendant. Obviously, everyone looks the same as their grandfather and his grandfather and so forth and so. So exactly. this was the budget for this was four million and it made sixteen what? million dollars. Sixteen million dollars. I mean, yeah, that's pretty solid. That's crazy. No wonder they made a fifth one. <laughs> I guess so. People really like Pinhead, I guess. I've uh, I've never seen it before. That was a $4 million movie for sure. When yeah. You yeah. Think about th- it. Yeah. God, man. Uh, All of it spent on the space toy box. Who listened to that and was just like, yeah, I'll give you $4 bucks." So you know Hellraiser and how he has this puzzle box? What if we did that, but in space? <laughs> Brain I think explosions. I think in the late '90s, like that, people were signing up for anything if you just told a story, and they were like, "But in space." Yep. Or you know, some at the center of the Earth in space. You know, Whoa. I think you just wrote a whole new movie there. You, you got me. You, know, you feeling me, bro? Jason or they're X watching two thousand one. Bring it. Yeah, I actually saw that. Which is, I can't believe they had the balls to make that movie in two thousand one. Yeah, I, f- I feel like by 2001, the but let's do it in space thing was over. Yeah, maybe that's not. why it was so bad. It got, it got higher rated than this, so I think this was like a solid four. Uh, This was 5.1 on IMDb, or it is right what? now. What? I, I think on our original list, it was 5.5. So, like, the ratings always change. Hmm. Let me look for it. You know, people see. get on there and like, this shit is garbage. I hate it. I don't, I don't know, 5.1. Yeah, hmm, 5.1. Released uh, March 8th, 1996, director Kevin Yeager. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's worth a watch, though. I will say, if you've never seen it, it's one of those where you sit down with your wife with some popcorn, you know, drink a couple beers, and you watch the, you know... Definitely if you're a fan of dumb horror. Space opera. Dumb Space opera, yes. Dumb horror in space, like, this is the movie for you. I would give it, like, let's go ahead and give our ratings. I'd give it, like, a 5.8. In, in my ratings. I give it a, just a solid five. Um, just because of the, you know, it did give me some moments where I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, but, but dude, then they take a third person and meld them with the already two security guards who are molded together over the cylinder between their faces thing. Exactly. That's one of those moments where it's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, we have to complete the circle or some shit like that. They just they they don't even know what the hell they're doing. You know, the actors are like, really, I gotta say this shit. Come on, man. I guess if you're paying me five hundred grand, then I'll do it. But good job, they, Adam Scott. He was so worth it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, honey, honey, Adam Scott, it's been is in this movie. She she didn't believe it, and then I ended yeah. up showing her, and she was just like, oh, Adam Scott, I love Adam Scott. He's great. Not so much in this. Sorry, Adam. I, th- I think he did. I think he did well with what he had to work with. It's a rough I, one. They did their best, so I'm sticking yeah. with my five. Um, you know, they earned that five. Yeah, they earned every ounce of that five and five point eight. That's right. All right, so that brings us to the time to pick next month's movie. Let's do it. We are in April. We are going to be in April. There are 608 movies in April that meet our criteria. So we're in Google. We will put in one to 608. And generate number 392. 392. See what it is. Scrolling, scrolling. This is fantastic radio. (laughs) Barney's version. 
What? It is a comedy drama from 2010. 7.3 on IMDb, so it might actually be good. It's called Released Barney's what? Barney's Version. Ah, Barney's Version. Yep. Uh, directed by Richard Lewis. Not sure who that is. That's my cousin. 7.3 on IMDb. You know, it can't be, can't be too bad. I think that might be more enjoyable than Hellraiser, so I'm gotta, super excited. I gotta add it to my Netflix, and uh, we are off with Barney's version. If anybody's seen Barney's version, you know, give us a give us a quick shout out on Twitter and uh, let us know what a little bit what to expect. We don't want to know too much. Definitely not. I mean, uh, it's 134 minutes, so it's you know it's Oof. a little bit longer, but it's definitely longer than Hellraiser. I'll break that up. I'll have to break that one up. But yeah, either way, if you've seen it, let us know because I'm Ooh, Paul honestly Giamatti, I've never heard Rosam of and Pike. This might actually be good. Mini that Driver, sounds pretty good. Scott Speedman, Dustin Hoffman. Oh shit! All right, game. Yeah. All right. What's good? I Should hope I, you guys you want me to read the synopsis. I mean, go for it, dude. All right. Uh, Paul Giamatti stars as Barney Panofsky, a Jewish-Canadian television producer who reflects in flashbacks on three strange decades and three wives in this adaptation of Mordecai Richler's acclaimed novel. Sounds Ooh. good. Let's it's do on it. Netflix Q. All right, I'm excited for that one. I love Hell Paul yeah, Giamatti. Dustin awesome. Hoffman's good stuff. Rosamund Pike's fine. Mini Driver's <laughs> fine. Rosamund Pike's fine. <laughs> no, not fine like like sexy like fine. No, I'm like, saying, I'm okay. saying like, fine like. I Mark was, Addy, I, I like him. He's pretty sweet. You know, King Robert himself. Yeah, he's a so lot of stuff. Gives you know the you may also likes are Gone Girl, Hostiles, pretty much anything with Rosamund Pike is on there. Uh, I think we're alone now. Never seen that. Sideways is a you might also like, which I've heard that's good. Yeah. All right. That could be good. All I'm right. Up for okay. that. Hell yeah. All right. It's on my Netflix queue. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this Patreon exclusive. Come back for more. We'll be doing this. Uh, we'll be doing random reviews every month, and then we've got other stuff coming too. Uh, Game of Thrones recap show, War Get To Me, coming in April. That's going to be weekly. We'll have more pilot projections, which we already did at Umbrella Academy. Uh, we'll probably do some more stuff coming up here soon once we figure out more shows that we want to watch. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for uh, being a patron, and thank you for uh, for listening. We appreciate it greatly. Tell your friends. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to a podcast about something's Patreon exclusive. Once a month, we review a random movie released in that month between 1975 and 2015. Okay, so we're got another random review for you. We're really super excited about it. Our April movie <laughs> was Barney's Version, starring Paul Giamatti from uh, 2010. Did you say 2010? Yeah. That was such a 2010 movie. Felt 2010, didn't it? So 2010. Um, and yep, that's all we've got to say about the movie. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Join us next time. <laughs> yeah, join us next time. No, it was the movie was fine. I it, the only reason I would say that you need to go out of your way to watch this movie is like you're a huge Paul Giamatti fan and just need to see everything with him in it. But I feel like if you're that level of Paul Giamatti fan, you've already seen it. Most likely. For me, it's something I'd put on in the background. Like, it, it wasn't a bad movie. No. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was well made. 
it was it well just, made, is well directed, good acting. It just it wasn't very interesting. No, um, that's kind of what got me. Like Paul Giamatti plays a character Barney, um, and it kind of goes through his life, but he initially comes off as some rich asshole. Yeah, definitely um, asshole. Yeah, who comes across as a straight scumbag. But the way the movie was constructed threw me off more times than I cared to Well, admit. they kept making these time jumps because it was – it happened – we are going to be spoiling the movie if anyone cares, uh, this fantastic film. Uh, it kept making these time jumps because it was like three different times of his life between his first marriage, his second marriage, and then uh, present day, if you will, where he has uh, – his grown kids are helping him out now. And uh, my one-line review for it is it's well-made but completely unnecessary. Like there is yes. no point to this movie. That same thought crossed my mind. Like who's in a director's room? Like I we got to make this. Yeah, we got to make it. Who's right the studio that's room. signing off on it? It's it's a, it's a Canadian movie. I've got to say because it happens in Canada and it's very Canada centric. But I just was, I don't get like how this is greenlit and paid for. Exactly. I mean, who the fuck is Barney? I, I don't care. <laughs> like, no, I did not like, give a shit about Barney at all. I didn't give a shit about either of his wives. Um, it's three wives. He had three wives. Oh yeah, that first one didn't really count. Yeah, she. Okay, so his first wife. I I don't know. I think they were trying to portray this guy who was kind of beat down by life, but he still did what he wanted but to yeah, do. But yeah, it it didn't do a good job because he was still an asshole about being beat down by life. Exactly. Like and it he didn't was make bitter it better. And you know, I mean, he don't get me wrong. He had some shit happen to him. Like his first wife killed herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the day after they had a baby, which was not his baby. So yeah. his first wife, he proposes to because she's pregnant. She tells him it's his, not his. It's no. the, it's the token black dude of there. Like that was the most token token black dude I've ever seen in my life. Like, so bad. Where he's he, like throwing up the black power he, hand. All he's the time. got like six lines throughout the whole movie. All of them have the black power hand as he's saying it, and they're all just like one line, like "my man." That's it. Yeah, my man, right on. My brother. That's all he says. It's it's the most token token black guy performance I've ever seen. With an afro, don't forget that. And so it turns out to be his baby. Uh, Paul Giamatti punches him and never sees him again. Then she kills herself the next day. Because uh, what happened to that baby? The baby died. Oh, Uh, yeah, it's stillborn. Stillborn, yeah. That's, that was too bad. So there's a lot of sad shit that happened. In oh, this yeah, movie. absolutely. He's a tragic character, but they don't mm-hmm. make you feel for him at all. Yeah, so then, I do not care. So then he gets, uh, like, through the Jewish community, he gets basically arranged marriage, but not quite arranged marriage. Like, it's like, oh, yes. I know this girl, like, th- their parents are friends with this guy, like, but it, it's, it was pretty much forced. They're rich and she's right. cute. So right. And Minnie Driver might be one of the most annoying people in the world. I don't like her. I thought she was good in like Goodwill Hunting. But yeah, she's annoying. She was her accent was terrible. Um, she was well, she's really British uh, though. Yeah, like, exactly. That's her real so accent. It, she had that weird like Canadian. She was trying to sound Canadian. Yeah. It just did not work out. Didn't work out. Eh? Dustin Didn't Hoffman just... plays Giamatti's father and and just rocking the sweetest mustache ever. So hard, and it, it was like a callback to uh, Meet the Fockers. Yeah, a little it's bit. just like so. W- that's where he got his his swag from. Yeah, uh, but he he was probably the brightest point of the movie, and then they kill him off pretty early. So, but at his wedding to Minnie Driver, he meets the woman he's actually in love with, and just yeah. decides to spend the next forty five minutes of the movie stalking her, like hardcore stalking her, like sending her flowers every day. And I mean, he literally leaves his wedding and gets on a train, and he's just like, "Hey, boo." Um, 
I'm not going anywhere. He's yeah. like he's the original was... insult. Yes, there you go. that's exactly what it is. And um, so How I Met Your Mother has a good theory on this effect. They call it the Dobler Dahmer effect, which is based <laughs> on uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, known serial killer, and uh, John Cusack's character from Say Anything, uh, Lou Dobler. I've never seen Say Anything. I'm just going off Neither what I learned I. in How I Met Your Mother. Um, so basically the crazy things that people do in love are not crazy. If both parties are into each other, you turn into Lou Dobler. You're not a stalker. You're not crazy. But if one side is not into the other side and you're doing all the exact same things, you turn into Jeffrey Dahmer, a crazy serial killer. So that's the notion of minus the the killing. Yeah. I mean, it, the maybe makes minus sense. The killing. Yeah. And... So it, it, this movie really portrays that. Cause I saw him as a Dahmer the whole time he's pursuing her and like just being a crazy person. While Straight he's up creep. Like yeah. this dude, yeah, what a piece of shit. It's kind of not what a I good was thinking. Like, yeah. They, he is I, not cool. There were moments where they tried to make you feel sympathetic for him, but then most of the movie is just like, no, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And here, watch this two hour plus movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Of, when I of saw this the total piece of shit it. where we'll give you like maybe six minutes of him being actually sympathetic and good. And then so he takes Minnie Driver on a honeymoon in Italy where his first wife killed herself. Like, they go right back to where she died. Weird choice for a honeymoon. Yeah, he's yeah he's fucked up, man. He's weird. And then his uh, his druggy friend ends up having an affair with his second wife. Uh, so that's two wives, two friends boned him. Like, he needs to get some better friends. No wonder. He's... Seriously. I, I guess mean, when his... you're that much of a piece of shit, you only attract other pieces of shit as friends true that and but the way they kind of had the i i i couldn't stand that he's like well you owe me bro like i took care of you and all this stuff so and then his you know his friend's just like yeah whatever i don't care yeah actually his his statement was let's make it three for three i'm gonna go after the woman you're stalking now yeah that was creepy um and then his friend dies in mysterious circumstances at their at his lake house they strongly imply that he shoots him yeah, they, there's a there's a cop after him who wrote a book about him th- that thinks he murdered his friend and and like dropped him in the lake basically mm-hmm. uh, because he's in this drunken stupor and he passes out while shooting a gun and his friend falls into the lake at the same time. So yeah, it's it's very strongly implied that he shoots him. But the movie's called Barney's Version. So at the end, when we get to present day, he ev- he eventually marries the the girl he stalks. Yes, and they have kids and... Have a mostly happy life until he's a piece of shit again, and she runs off with this... Did she run off? Oh, no, he cheated on her. Yeah, he he banged some, like, nasty little bar rat, Yeah, and he was was just a fool. His wife was super cool, and she was... It was not like she was She's trying to pursue a career in radio, and, like, she goes off to this, this thing in New York with this other guy, like, one of their neighbors... And like he gets insanely jealous and cheats on her for no reason, and then that's it. That's the end of their marriage. Obviously, yeah, she leaves him, and she had every fucking right to. Oh yeah, and so, she she was and the most she, sympathetic. She does character. end up marrying that guy though, the neighbor that yeah. she goes to New York with. So there 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 may have been something, but she's not the piece of shit we're focusing on. He is, so you know. It, so we get to the end. It it seems he has Alzheimer's or dementia, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They imply kind of throughout, like little sprinkles, that he mm-hmm. is losing his memory, um, so and I, just kind of deteriorating. The, the way I felt is that they were trying to to pull this twist of he's an unreliable narrator because he has Alzheimer's, 
we're we're now looking at his vert barney's version of the events of his life he so at this moment before the the final final twist of what happened is his version was he passed out while his friend fell in but actually really he killed him uh his version of his wife dying was she killed herself but actually he probably killed her too his version of uh how his relationship ended with his second wife was that she cheated on him with his friend when really something else has so like i thought it was the, the the theme of the story at that point was be a piece of shit, but have Alzheimer's so you can remember it however you wanted. You're not the piece of shit in your own story because you don't remember it correctly, which has right. looked like what they were trying to set up. But then they kind of go back on that, too. Yeah, yeah they, they played on that too much. I could I did not like that. And in the constant peppering of, I don't know, is he a piece of shit? Is he not like, did he no, come he was through? a piece of shit. One hundred. Yeah, it's it's. It was like okay. It was for me. It was like uh, they they opened up the faucet, so a couple drips came out. But every time you know his real personality mm-hmm. shone through, it was full blown. Both sides of the faucet are just running out. So yeah, he's a piece of shit. The majority of that movie. I mean, and yeah. Like, what do they want us to ninety-nine percent? What do they want us to feel that it's okay to be a piece of shit and until you're old enough to not remember that you're a piece of shit, so you just remember yourself as a good person? Like that's yeah, that's it, what this movie felt like. So you can come to grips with the fact, like, you lived a shitty life, but you can die in peace. Like, dude, you were crappy to three three women. You were crappy to your family. You were crappy to your kids. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of deserve to lose your mind and die. Like, fuck you, man. Yeah. And so then it, it turns out there's a final, final twist of he didn't kill his friend. Or, again, this is him as a person with Alzheimer's. He doesn't think he killed his friend. There was a fire on the same day his friend disappeared, and he thinks he got, like, scooped up in the helicopter airdrop of water. Like, the the friend jumped into the lake of his own volition because he was, like, he had snorkeling gear on and stuff. Really weird. But he jumped into the lake under his own volition and then got scooped up by the helicopter that was dumping water on the fire on the other side of the lake. So now this is what Barney's believing actually happened. And he got hmm. dropped because they said... When they found the body, the injuries resembled a uh, fall from skydiving or something like that. Yeah, blunt so force th- trauma, yeah, basically. Yeah, so he thinks he got dropped from the, the helicopter, basically. Which, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, but I, it's I almost like they're they're erasing this shitty guy's little right. bit of guilt that he has so he can die even more peacefully. Right, because like, before that, he didn't actually know what happened. He There was part of him that thought he may have shot his friend and killed him. I think he was pretty convinced that he shot and killed his friend. Yeah. Because so, he, he never showed so back up. So he has up. this guilt and remorse that doesn't that doesn't get paid off because now all of a sudden, okay, it didn't happen that way. I, I want to remember it this way, so that's what happened. Well, like, with each person that he wrongs, he has points where, he, like, after he cheats on his wife, you know, I'm going to cook for you and clean all your clothes and do all this stuff for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, his buddy, after he thinks he killed his buddy, he comes clean, not comes clean, but he, he tells the cops pretty much the truth. And it's his like one shining moment but then as soon as he's not caught red-handed in his bullshit he just reverts back to it or if he is caught in his bullshit he reverts back to it right well and so there's one last thing i want to ask you this goes back to the second wife um she looks at the bank statement sees that he's sending flowers every day to uh, the woman he's stalking his eventual third wife so that brings up the question um, and you don't have to go too much into detail. Do you and your wife look through each other's uh, like bank statements or now it's online? So like your bank accounts, do you share one account or do you have several? And no, wait, do, you, do you look and do you care at, at what's on them? Nope. 
we have separate bank accounts, but we we know what our bills are every month. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, okay, I'll put this much, you put this much, we'll call it a day. If I'm short, I got you, which, you know, we're not short, but right. we have each other's backs. And I've never once asked to, like, look at my wife's phone or look mm-hmm. at her mail. Like, Yeah, it's crazy. Stalker people things. Well, if, if something's serious enough, like, I don't know, I love my wife, she loves me, I trust her. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never go through her shit unless I saw her, like, lose 50 pounds in one day and have a bunch of track marks, then, yeah, I'd probably Yeah, there'd be some issues there. Yeah. But, yeah, my wife's pretty chill. There's, yeah, the, it's the same. We have three accounts. I, I have an account. My Actually, we have, like, six accounts, but that, that doesn't matter. We have three main ones. I have an account. My wife has an account. And uh, we have, like, one bills account. So basically, uh, I, I do all the finances, so I'll just take everything, I'll take care of the bills account first, wherever the bills need to be paid for the next two weeks, all that money goes in there, and then it, it's an allowance, but it's not really an allowance, like, if you go over it, the, it's, so I just give her her money for the week, I give me my money for the week, it's the same amount, and then we just go and we spend it, and it's, it's more just like, so we're both not spending crazy, because with online banking, you ha- if you don't look at it, you're going to go, you're going to overdraft every time. Mm-hmm. so like it's, it's very easy to do yeah so i keep an eye on both of them and like if her account's getting low i tell her but like i don't i and i'll look at her statement but i don't care what she's spending her money on like if, i mean that's that's practical yeah. you gotta yeah. avoid them overdraft fees my dude right if if it's like 80 dollars at kohl's i'll be like okay why did you spend 80 dollars at kohl's and she tells me and i'm like oh okay that makes sense it, it's mm. more to make sure like did you actually spend this money that it says you spent because, like, she didn't go to Kohl's. She was like, oh, no, I bought all this stuff online. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So, like, it's more just, like, double-checking because she doesn't ever look at her account. So I have to look at it to make sure she doesn't overdraft, basically. Hey, fair enough. We all have yeah. those those kind of – that's what a marriage is all about. We got each other's backs. Right. And then so who is right in the argument on the bank statement? They're, they're both angry. He's mad because she looked at his bank statements, and she's mad because he's buying flowers for another woman. Who's more right in that situation? Honestly, I think both their arguments are moot if they if she's looking at his bank statements and he's basically emotionally cheating on her. Like I don't think either of them really have a fucking say. But yeah. I think if we're you know looking at it in the context of the movie, she's way more reason to be pissed because yes. at this point she really hasn't she's been trying to be his wife and he's just like you know fuck you whatever. I would be super pissed if I found out my wife was sitting, you know. She's not the best wife either. Like, she's... She's a rich, spoiled she, snob. Right. She, she knows what that marriage is. Like, she knows he married her because her family's rich and, you know, like, she takes advantage of it. Like, she doesn't give a shit about True him that. in the same way he doesn't really care about her. Uh, okay. That I mean, that's all I had to cover. I can't believe that's... we talked that much on that movie. No kidding, but... It, overall there's not not bad. but that's the thing there's a lot of interesting things in the movie they just they don't just, make you feel any of them because he's such a piece of shit yeah like i just i can't believe this movie got a 7.3 oh no um, in in my mind i gave it a 6.2 like and it only goes that high because it's well made yes uh, exactly i would never watch um, it again though no 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 Nope. I, I would, would not recommend, recommend it to anyone yep. unless you're just like huge Paul Giamatti fan and this flew under your radar. Yeah, like if I'm at the hospital and this is the only thing on TV, I might watch it or I'll pick up the you know 12-month-old Life magazine. Yeah. I haven't decided yet. I agree. All right, so uh, you got to give it a rating. Hold on before we go on. 
5.9. Ooh. Not okay. quite a 6. If yeah. it would have made a I'll little more sense, maybe. All right. So now we get to the point where we pick the movie for May. On the list of May movies, there are 750 options. Nice. And these, yep, these are movies released between 1972 and 2015, sometime in the month of May, rated over four in IMDb. So we'll put in the random number generator, one to 750, and we'll hit generate. 410. Nice. Let's see what that is. A Force of One. What the fuck? 1979 action crime drama. Directed by Paul Aaron. It's got a 5.1 on IMDb. Uh, what is it called? It's only 90 minutes long, though. A Thank Force God. of One. A Force of One. Yep. Let's see who's in it. Probably no one we know of. 1979? No, I, I don't watch a Like, Alien's the only movie from 1979 that I'll watch. Yep. See if it even comes up on Netflix. It does not even come up on Netflix DVDs. Shit. Damn. We might have to pick something else. Hold on. Let's see if I can find it on Amazon Prime. Because if we can't if we can't get it anywhere, then we're not gonna be able to watch it. Uh, movies, movies, movies. Uh, like I don't care if I have to pay the three dollars for it. Yeah, Ooh, I there it is. Barney's version. There we go. Prime Video. Okay, it is there. Oh, it's actually on Prime Video. Like, I don't even have to pay for it. It'll just let me watch it. Nice. You fuck. When the detectives of an undercover police unit are being mysteriously killed by a martial artist, a professional kickboxer is hired to assist them. Wait, 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 wait. That kickboxer? Mr. One Chuck Norris. Oh, yes, dude. I'm excited about this. Now. I've never seen a Chuck Norris movie other than Dodgeball. Super excited about this now. Oh, that'll be good. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Only 90 minutes long, much more palatable than uh, Barney's version. Not Did not get a good rating, though, on IMDb. They can be wrong. They can we'll be find wrong. out. They're Tune wrong about time. Barney's version, that's for sure. Motherfuckers. Thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. Thank you for listening to this review of Barney's version. Don't check it out. Come back next month for... Uh, another random review of a force of one also don't forget to check out war get to me our um season eight game of thrones recap and the pilot projections which we talk about tv shows yep recent most recent one was a haunting of hill house god so, that was scary yeah <laughs> check check it check out that episode for more of my thoughts on that yes check it out fellas thanks for stopping by Welcome to a podcast about something's Patreon exclusive. Once a month, we review a random movie released in that month between 1975 and 2015. The Force of One is what we're reviewing this week. Uh, Chuck Norris film from 1979. Yes. That's it. Yeah, so for our random about. reviews. Yeah, random uh, review. Uh, the new installment. Very, 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 very random here. Uh, this was actually the first Chuck Norris movie I've ever seen, I think. Uh, other than Dodgeball. 
He's in Dodgeball? Yeah, he's one of the judges that oh, gives yeah, the thumbs up. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Chuck Norris. And then at yeah. the end, you're the fucking Chuck Norris. Did you ever watch Walker, Texas Ranger? No. That's the only place I knew him from. I had a buddy that was, like, obsessed with Walker, Texas Ranger. No, I have, uh, like, zero experience with Chuck Norris, other than, like, the meme of Chuck Norris can do anything because he's a badass, and his one scene in Dodgeball, that's it. Yeah, he's kind of a little more obscure character these days. He's getting old as shit, man. Yeah, definitely definitely getting old. Um, But we're here to talk about A Force of One, which is uh, basically let's try to see if we can sum this up there's a drug epidemic uh in this small california town and as police are investigating uh the drug uh different drug crimes i guess they're being killed but not with any weapons they can't find the uh the source of the killings because it was someone with their bare hands using karate karate they and they jump to karate so quickly yeah. you're like oh yes yeah, so, you know johnson Rose. this looks like karate i've seen <laughs> you know i saw this back in 74 <laughs> fucked up what these boys do but you know boys will be boys so the only way to combat the karate killer is by the whole police force learning karate so in comes chuck norris <laughs> to try and teach them but then it becomes personal for chuck norris because the karate killer takes out his adopted son whose mother died of drugs it all comes full yeah, circle but- Oh, very confident. There will be there will be spoilers for a force of one if you plan on watching it. But uh, that's, I'm going to open with a, this though. Go for it. If you're if you're listening to this, it, I loved it. It was great, man. It was one of those. It was just kind of uh, you throw it on TV to get a cheap laugh. Yeah, <laughs> and I love those old kung fu movies. Yeah, it's it's definitely laughable in a way that it's not meant to be because they play it completely straight. Like this is a karate movie, and they want oh, you yeah. to love the karate in it. And they have, like, this, like, three-and-a-half-minute kickboxing fight scene, like, in a, in a like, it was actual competition in a ring and everything. It was like a boxing match, but it was kickboxing or karate, I guess, put together with 45-year-old Chuck Norris and some other 40-year-old dude. And it was just the longest kickboxing scene I've ever seen in my life, but... It was so bad, and that other guy, <laughs> it was like, where did you learn to fight, dude? <laughs> Are you shit-faced right now? Like, what is going on? So I watched this uh, just kind of to the side while I was doing work, which is a great way to watch it. You were watching it uh, after a couple beers, which is another great way to watch it. Do not ever make this your main focus. Don't do a date night for it. That's not a good plan. Like, you got to have something else going on. Preferably beers and friends and where you can laugh at it and make fun of it because that's worth it. Absolutely. And I mean, I have a newborn daughter and I don't stay up very late anymore. Um, and I mean, I never really did in the first place. So to, when she's asleep, be able to sneak a couple beers in and a dopey movie. It's one of the best ways I've found to unwind. You definitely found a dopey movie here. It's dopey as shit, but it's we it's got some fantastic campy. 70s haircuts. Just do all around. Every person has a great haircut. I, seriously, everyone is extremely well manicured. Whoever the barber is in this town, congrats to you, sir. But I, the, I, I will say the choreography wasn't half bad. No, they, I mean, they did a good job. And they, they made it seem like karate is super important in this world. Every, yeah, in everybody needs like, to know karate. Fucking karate, bro. You gotta know it, dude. So, you know, we talked about the the guys going around using karate to kill cops who are investigating the the drug kingpin or any drug-related crimes. Basically, they're sending out their karate assassin after these cops. 
so the cops decide that they need to learn karate to fight karate. That's the only way to fight karate. Like guns don't work against karate. <laughs> this the karate killer is just bulletproof, obviously. He's such a ninja. But I mean, I mean, and that, that first one where they're like in the store after hours, like dude comes out of nowhere and fucks him up. I'll give him that. Seriously, in booty shorts, bro. He was a white dude wearing booty shorts with some pants underneath. I mean, it's the seventies. What do you expect? Not that, my man. <laughs> I mean, I would have been less surprised to see him with the actual just booty shorts on and come whoop some ass bare legged. But he did kind of come from the from the shadows. And and when they decide to learn karate, like uh, their captain or whatever he is, mm-hmm. who his mouth barely moves when he. Talks well, I loved that moves. scene with all of them in the room together. Like after after the first two cops are killed, they're all in this room together. And one of the one of the cops says, you know, maybe he's one of those karate weirdos like you see on TV. And I'm like, what the fuck are you watching on TV? <laughs> Where do you jump? To? That's what I mean, man. They jump to karate so quick. They're like, oh, you're fucking karate, bro. Couldn't be poisoned or anything else. Like, no, no be couldn't have taken a bat to the head. No, it was karate. Barehanded karate. So, yeah, they want to they want to have karate lessons. Uh, no guns. Nothing else. Only the only way to fight karate is with more karate. You know, they cancel each other out. The lady cop, she goes and, again, don't know anyone's names. So she goes to find Chuck Norris because he's the local karate teacher, I guess. And she takes him on a on a ride-along, I guess, where we get to know that he has an adopted black son who his the, the kid's mother was involved in drugs, but all the kid ever wanted to do was karate, and she died because of drugs, so he adopted him after that. Great. Good for you, Chuck Norris. I honestly, when they cut to him initially and it was a black dude, I'm like, wow, that's kind of progressive for a movie at the time, I think. Yeah. It, was, it just surprised because he's like an adult. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they told – yeah, he's like – well, because they said it was 15 years ago and the kid was seven when he adopted him. So he's got to be like 22 now. So it's – when he tells the story, we don't know that that's his son, and then we see him later and, and learn that it's his son. So it's like, oh, okay, cool, because they never say he's black or anything. You just find out later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very progressive for the late 70s. Um, but then she goes on this bust in a hotel, and she pretty much just tries to get this 15-year-old prostitute girl killed, it seems like. Yeah, that was she that just like goes up weird. in there. The, this girl's, you know, she's a prostitute trying to get drugs or money to buy drugs, and she's trying to help her out. And you know, she gets the guy who's paying her away. And uh, but then the her dealer or whatever or ringleader, you know, he her, her pimp, as it were, <laughs> busts in the room, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm a cop, and I, you're lucky I'm not busting you." And I'm like. This girl's going to get killed in the next scene. Like, I couldn't yeah. believe that. They're just like, bust this yeah. dude. <laughs> they they Very set weird. us up so hard. Yeah. Whenever, like, they come in and the front desk guy, like, gets on the phone. He's just looking around all sketchy. Like, oh, it's going to be yeah, bad. I really news. thought she was going to get her killed. But didn't didn't happen. Which Or that we know of, at least. Yeah, um, he, I mean, we, we got to include that he did pull out a knife. <laughs> that's true. And he did get his ass whooped. Yeah, I mean, Chuck Norris was there with his karate, luckily, to save the day. <laughs> so, throughout the movie, how many times did you think that there was going to be a twist of, oh, well, the karate killer's someone we know? Because that's what I kept thinking. Like, every two seconds? Yeah, <laughs> oh, so first I was like, oh, it's going to be the son. 100% it's going to be the son. <laughs> that would have been pretty good, actually. And then it wasn't the son. This is, this is before, this is 1979, so it's before M. Night Shyamalan and, and twists were really big in movies, I guess. Yeah. 
But uh, and then I thought it was like this dude Bob who I don't really know their relationship, but he trained in the same gym or something, or he was he was Chuck Norris's like kickboxing trainer. So I was like, oh, it's gonna be Bob, and that's his only the only match for him is his trainer or something like that. But then it just turns out to be Sparky, who before we saw that Sparky, because you know Charles goes after him after the the drug lords because this all of the drug dealers are right are teenagers riding skateboards yeah if you see a kid riding a skateboard drug dealer automatically big time yeah good so he follows one of these kids on the skateboards finds the kingpin's house and then is that the first time we see sparky sparks whatever his name is i think so man no we might have got a glimpse of him um when they're doing that earlier we must have sure known he... him before because, like, Charles is like, hey, Sparks, you don't have to do this, my man. <laughs> yeah. Token black guy, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think they saw him earlier at a party whenever okay. he, like, raises his foot up to Chuck Norris's face and they're like, hey, bro. I yeah. thought that was Bob that was doing that. No, that was Sparky. That was sure? Sparky okay. that, like, he acted like he was going to, I mean, straight-legged his ass right to the face yeah and chuck norris is like listen bitch i will whoop your ass in front of everybody in god and sparky back down and then they kind of well and then they had the uh the final competition you know that that, uh chuck norris was training for i don't remember chuck norris's character i'm just gonna keep calling him chuck norris i think it was matt but that's fine chuck norris matt is his name training for a big competition you know the biggest competition of his life it was actually a fight against sparky i know that much yeah, he was the, you know, the second, because Chuck Norris's character is actually, like, the karate champion of the world. Obviously. Why they, I mean, <laughs> when they announced that's, that's that. That's why the cops the recruited fight. him to teach them, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then the second best guys in the same town. Like, Thank obviously. God. Yeah. Sparky, a bitch. Sparky kills Charles, Chuck Norris's son, and, you know, it's on now. Chuck Norris can't have that. Um, yeah, he straight up tells the cop, I'm going to kill this dude. So this fight's going on, and one of the so this was in the beginning. One of the biggest things I couldn't believe is they're like th- burning and throwing away millions of dollars worth of cocaine and heroin and marijuana, and like there's ten cops there, and they're all just like, "Yeah, this is cool. This is what we do with evidence." Which I, th- it was the procedure, but I'm like, none of those cops are like skimming some here. Like I don't believe that for a minute. And it does turn hell out, no. Yeah, it turns out one of the cops is on the uh, the kingpin side, obviously. So. The lady cop figures that out, chases him down, goes to his house while he's supposed to be at this big uh, kickboxing competition, gets, uh, like, sprung on by the uh, the drug kingpin, I guess he was. And, you know, she's right there at the end, but then, boom, Chuck Norris's receptionist comes in with the karate moves, knocks Thank him out. God. Gets his gun. What's that? I was a little upset that the lady cop just left the receptionist there with the drug kingpin. Like, this dude's got other people coming. Like, you can't just leave her there. Uh, this movie, everybody was so nonchalant. Like, the whole Well, they were also movie. good at karate, though. See, they I knew mean, yeah, they had I their mean, karate skills to back them up. They didn't have to If I was that shit. good at karate, I'd just walk around like, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> I could fight anybody and win. I could defeat any enemy. But, I mean, they're around kilos of drugs. No biggie. Yeah, no one cares. I mean, people are getting killed. People are getting straight up whooped. Charlie got killed like a motherfucker. Yeah. And, I mean, when uh, Chuck Norris is, like, asking her to go to a tournament, and he jumps out of, like, the shadows at her. He's like, boo, I barely know you, (laughs) but you should go to this this tournament with me. And she's just like, oh, cool. Very forced uh, 
uh, romantic relationship between Chuck Norris and the lady cop, too. I kept expecting, like, a three-minute sex scene at some <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, I, I don't know they why just... they threw that in there. Like, I, I don't know that they needed a romantic relationship for, like, either of them to care. But, I mean, whatever. It's it's a karate movie, so it's you all about have karate and the chicks, man. Love and karate. That's what it's all about. So we get the craziest ending. Like, I did not see it going here. They're at the kickboxing <laughs> competition. The uh, Sparky versus Chuck Norris. Sparky, the cops come in to break up the kickboxing to arrest Sparky. And he just fucking bolts. Like, yeah, first, he, he tries to kill Chuck Norris, like, in the boxing ring. It doesn't work. You know, it doesn't take the first time. So he just bolts. Chuck Norris runs after him. The lady cop gets in her car, chases. They end in some park on a hill. And Chuck Norris is just beating the shit out of him. Lady cop tells him to calm, chill the fuck out. It's fine. And then, did he say something or do something? Because Chuck Norris snapped after that. No, okay. So, I got oh, a couple that's things right. to I say remember about this Okay, yeah, yeah. Go I got ahead. a couple things. I wrote it down. I remember now, but go ahead. When uh, there's slow motion scenes, I mean, there was like oh, a yeah. minute of straight slow motion. It's like, so oh that was something God. they did in uh, older movies when the choreography wasn't very good. You put it in slow motion, so... It looks a lot better. Yeah, nobody has to be as active as they look. Yeah, good so. idea. But uh, you know, happens Matt a lot realizes... with in Major League, as we I talked about Wesley Snipes movie. on our last uh, episode. Oh, gotta watch Wesley. Major League. And I mean, this Chuck Norris's character is committing hella fucking crimes, dude. He yeah. steals a cop car to go after Sparky, but he's working off. with the cops, though. I mean, so I don't care. The cops aren't gonna be like, "Yeah, bro, take my car. Here's the keys, dude." <laughs> And then when he, so he ends up fighting Sparky and I don't, he said some shit about Charlie, I want to say. No, And then I he straight up kills this dude in front of a cop. Yeah, so he, he gets him on the ground. He's beating the shit out of him. The, the lady cop tells him, you know, chill out. Sparky grabs the big box of cocaine or heroin, whatever it is, and tries to smash it over Chuck Norris's head. But Chuck Norris senses this with his awesome karate skills, obviously. And turns and just breaks the whole fucking box with his bare hand and then just DDTs the shit out of uh, Sparky <laughs> for the, the next snap kill. That is a super good way to say yeah. it. And I mean, he just straight up kills him in front of a cop. <laughs> no biggie. Cops just like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. He, he tried to hit you in the head with a bag of heroin, so it's fine. Yeah. Murder, murder is and... totally cool in this situation. That was the most amazing DDT I've ever seen. 10 out of 10 choreography. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's the movie. Uh, really great, again, if you've got some mood-altering substances going on, if it's just off to the side, you got some buddies over, great film to watch. If you're a woman, I'm going to have to say you're probably not going to like it. No, you probably just, hate it because it's I mean, super might, sexist. Yeah, you might like it, but... Uh, from all the women, none of the women I've ever met would like it. Yeah, I don't. I told my wife I was gonna watch it, and I don't think she really uh, had. I, I basically she didn't care was to just watch like it. She did. She didn't even acknowledge that it existed. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, well, that's gonna be good. Enjoy. But I, like I said, final thought. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, I love those old kung fu karate movies. I mean, Chuck. Chuck Norris, dude. Yeah, he's a it legend. Was, 
it was more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Um, I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to watch any more Chuck Norris movies, but like it was, it was fine. No, yeah, definitely. It was not. better I'm than Bar- I liked it. I enjoyed it more than Barney's version, which is, I enjoyed it you know, not a times not a high bar, Barney's but version. it at least it did something that made it enjoyable. Like Barney's version was just nothing for two hours. This was like know, at least forever. exciting, and there was funny karate, and it, it was. I don't know. It, it, it yeah. moved really quickly, yeah, honestly. That was good, too. It, it was just one of those movies that it's goofy, it knows it, it doesn't really care, and it, right. it doesn't anyway. They commit hardest. They commit hard as hell, and yeah, it, it like works karate in their is super-duper important, and yeah, everybody gotta have knows karate. That. I mean, when you're nine, karate's pretty important, but I think that's what this movie is for, is probably younger people. <laughs> and I mean... I still enjoy it, so... Younger oh, people well. or someone like my dad who, like, when I was a kid, he was always in karate classes and he's got black belts and all that shit. Like, I think he would enjoy this karate film. Hey, man. I mean, to each his own. My best friend I was t- that I told you about who, uh, you know, walk- Walker, Texas Ranger and all that garbage, he was a uh, Taekwondo guy. And uh, he yeah, that's had what my dad all did. the black belts and all that good stuff. He must have seen this movie and he knew. He needed to learn some shit. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, so you got a rating? 1 through 10? I'm going to give it a 7.3. Wow. Yes. That's impressive. I gave it a 5.8, so it could at least round up to 6, but not quite a 6. Because it's yeah. not a good movie. Like, it's no, not it's not a, a good movie. Or like, it's not a It's not a film. A fantastic film. But, like, it's... it's it was it's not good cinema. No, it's not. But... It is enjoyable. Um, I probably, I, you know, I might watch it again some other time wow. um, in a hotel room if it's on TV <laughs> and I've had if my three I, or four years. If I was flipping channels and I had somebody sitting next to me and I came across it, I would stop on it and be like, yo, you gotta watch this movie. You know, I, I will say this. I do enjoy going to Chinatown in Chicago and staying up there with, you know, me and my wife go up there. If I'm there. I might have to watch it again. There you go. Just I'm, I'm there. There's like all kinds of karate themed shit around. <laughs> I gotta watch it. Yeah, it'll get you in the in the karate mood. I get it. All right, so let's pick our movie for next month. We are going to, you know, as we as we do it, we have a list of uh, basically every movie between 1975 and 2015 that was released within the month. Uh, you know, that has a higher than a 4.0 rating on IMDb and is less than 150 minutes long, I want to say. So we've had three pretty bad movies. So yep. we're going to, we're going to take a couple tries now and get a, hopefully a good movie or at least a one that we're like excited to watch. Definitely. Um, so let's go to our random number generator first. 250. Let's see what that comes up with. 250. Skipped parts. Uh, comedy drama from 2000. Ever heard of it? 6.4 on IMDb. I've never heard who's in it. Uh, I don't have that in front of it. It would take too long to look up. So let's skip that one for right now. Skipped parts. You're getting skipped. 62 is our next number. Let's see what we got here. Super 8. J.J. Yes. Love that movie. Yeah. That'll be a good review. I haven't rewatched that one in a while. It's All right. It only took us two tries to get it, too. Nice. I'm going to look up skip parts just in case. 
That might be a random, random review. Yeah, double random review if, if we're in the mood. Uh, not skipped. Skipped parts. Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Jason Lee. Hmm. Underground young mother and her thoughtful teenage son are banished to a remote provincial town by a domineering father. Nope. Nope. Drew Barrymore, yep, Jennifer Jason Lee, Misha Barton, Bug Hall, Penny Lipton. Yeah, no. Uh, yep, Super 8. All right, J.J. Abrams, Super 8 next week. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, uh, if you're listening to this, obviously you're a patron. Though, so thank you for being a patron. Tell your friends to also be patrons and give us more money. We appreciate it. It's awesome. And it helps contribute to the production costs of the show. Yes. And, you know, as everybody knows, there's always something associated with uh, producing something this awesome for you people and you know there's only so many bad movies we can watch so like the fact that you're paying us to watch these bad movies makes it feel a little bit better definitely thanks for stopping by the bible says man